Oh, hi, good afternoon. You're listening to Implosion on KDRT 95.7 FM, coming to you from Davis, California. Uh, KDRT.org is the uh, website address, and you can get that anywhere. (laughs) Uh, I'm Nick Solomon, and uh, I'll be with you for the next hour. It's 5 p.m. Pacific time on a Wednesday, and uh, the show will be replayed on Sunday at 11am. So if you want to hear it twice, go right ahead. Um, I'm not banking on it, but, you know, that would be nice if you kind of enjoy it so much. But then you might hate it so much you never want to hear it again. But who knows? I hope you've had a good week. What have I been doing this week? I've been trying to organise my forthcoming European tour with my band. And, uh, oh my God, because of Britain and its Brexiting ideas where it decided to leave the EU, the European community... um, it's made things very difficult because we used to be able to just drive over to France and no problem because we were part of the EU and we could get in and out and do what we do there. But now we've left, it's like really difficult and uh, it's no fun at all. But I'm getting it done and it's complicated, but you know, we'll get there in the end. Anyhow, uh, let's start with some music. You don't want to hear about my booking tour problems. Uh, this is a single that I just picked up, actually, the other day. You know, because I, I do still go out looking through record shops. It's one of my few remaining pleasures, I've got to say. Um, no, no, that's not true. I have quite a... Well, I, I can think of at least four. Uh, but uh, that was uh, one of them. Uh, and it's a single by... a a guy called Bobby Moore and his Rhythm Aces. And uh, Bobby Moore was from uh, Montgomery in Alabama. And he, he had a, he'd been going like a long time when this came out in 1966. He, he started kind of making music in the kind of late 40s, early 50s. And by the time this came out, he had his son in the band with him, uh, which would have been nice, I suppose. Uh, and this is a single he did for Chess Records in 66. And it's called Hey, Mr. DJ. So, you know, I think you're getting... It's one of these ones which is a kind of shout-out-the-title instrumental. There's a lot... Usually food-related, those are, when, you know, you kind of... Hot tomato, or whatever, you know. But this is uh, Hey, Mr. DJ. So, Bobby Moore and the Rhythm Aces for you. No, 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 it's not. Uh, I'm off to a flyer, as usual, for getting to cue things up correctly. This is Bobby Moore and the Rhythm Aces.
records in 1968 and I can't really tell you much more about it than it's a nice little bit of kind of garage type psyche garage band stuff you know with a prominent organ I'm kind of waiting for something to take off in it but it doesn't really but it's it's all right you know uh before that we had Bobby Moore and his rhythm aces doing uh hey Mr DJ and now we're gonna nip over to the UK and this is a band that started off up in Southport which is on the coast slightly north of Liverpool and in the kind of Blackpool Liverpool region on the coast and it's quite a well-to-do kind of well-heeled place uh, apparently quite a you know snooty place up in Lancashire I I doubt whether it is now but it was back in the 60s and stuff and um, this is a band who came from originally came from there they started life as take five but uh, changed their name to time box and uh, started making records with uh, piccadilly records in britain and uh, then uh, various members of the band left and 
were ill and all that stuff and they ended up with uh, Mike Pato on lead vocals who'd uh, been singing with the Bow Street Runners and uh, a guy called John Halsey on the on the drums who'd uh, come in from uh, a band called Felder's Orioles who were a kind of soul band really from London and uh, they started gigging as Timebox and signed to DRAM eventually and made some absolutely fantastic singles in the late 60s and uh, recorded an album that never got released and then uh, about 1970 they changed into Pato who had about three or four albums come on three albums officially and a couple of other things that came out later but uh they featured the great guitarist Ollie Halsall, Mike Pato on vocals, John Halsey on drums, who was uh, uh, Barry Warm in the Ruttles, the drummer of the Ruttles, and uh, Clive Griffiths on bass. And uh, it is a single by Timebox called Poor Little Heartbreaker, which came out on DRAM Records in 1969. So here it is. <laughs> Said to keep you lost in pledging love and had to show it. 
jazz rock band uh, and they were supported by Pato, who I hadn't heard of at the time, but I liked Nucleus and uh, it was a Vertigo label kind of night at the marquee. So I thought, oh, I'll go and see Nucleus and see what this Pato band are like um, without realising that they were actually Timebox, who I had seen two years earlier, but the Timebox and Pato's music was quite different, really. And um, I... <laughs> I went uh, along and it was my 17th birthday, as I found out. I didn't remember that, but I looked and it was the the date was, wow, I was 17 on that. Goodness me. So there you go. It was uh, So that would have been 1970. Uh, on the 11th of March, I would have gone to see you, Nucleus and Pato, at the uh, Marquee. And Pato came on as the support band and they completely blew me away. Uh, I'd never seen such a good guitarist in my life, you know. I never actually got to see Hendrix. I, I heard him. Uh, when he played the Albert Hall, but I couldn't get in. I didn't have a ticket, and I tried to kind of sneak in and didn't succeed. And uh, so I heard Hendrix, but I never saw him. And uh, I guess he would have been the best guitarist I'd ever seen, but Ollie Halsall from Paso just totally blew me away. I couldn't believe how good he was. He was unique kind of guitarist. Left-handed, uh, started as a drummer, played vibraphones, and pianos and all kinds of things you know a bit of a a bit of a musical genius really or, or you know although never really got the recognition he he, ended, he had a couple of moments he was playing with Tempest and John Heisman and then uh, he was the guitarist who did a lot of albums with uh, Kevin Ayers later on and then sadly died oh you know maybe about 20 30 years ago um, but uh, he was absolutely amazingly good at playing guitar I'd just never seen anyone play so it was like ridiculously fast but not just scales he wasn't just doing you know it was like tuneful and melodic and it was just like extraordinary guitar playing um, so one of my favourite bands of all time Pato became and I must have gone and see him Oh, God, every time they were kind of playing, I'd make a, an attempt to go and see them. So I must have seen them about 10, 20 times. I don't know, 15 times. They were just fantastic, you know. And I, I was lucky enough to meet up with John Halsey and do an interview with him. And he was really nice and interesting. So I'll tell you more about that someday. But uh, this is, uh, next track is going to be by a, a girl called Louise Corday. And Louise Corday, well, her real name was Louise uh, Boisseau. Uh, she was the daughter of a French Air Force captain and, and also a Greek actress called Helene Corday, which I guess is where she took her, well, obviously where she took her surname from. Uh, and her godfather was Prince Philip, you know, <laughs> the Queen's wife of England. And uh, I guess that must be the Greek connection because he was Philip of Greece and he must have known Helene Corday from her, you know, time as a Greek actress. Um, it has been said, you know, in scurrilous reports that Prince Philip actually had a relationship with Louise Corday uh, around the time that she was doing her singing and stuff in the 60s. But whether or not that's true, it could just be, you know, filthy rumour. But, you know, you never know. Uh, if you want to see her, there's footage of her in a film called... Uh, just for fun, I think it's called, a black and white movie with loads of pop groups in it. And she's in it doing the song I'm going to play for you, which is called Which Way the Wind Blows. Came out on Decca Records in 1963. And I think it's I think it's what we call popcorn now, but it's really, I think it's a really kind of nice little song. So this is Louise Corday on Decca Records from 1963 doing Which Way the Wind Blows. Which way the wind blows? 
talking riddles Don't make me guess I don't like those riddles Honey, please confess Cause I wanna know Which way the wind blows If you're ready to go steady We can fall in love Don't leave me lonely Don't make me blue If you're gonna be my lover Then it's up to you Cause I wanna know Which way the wind blows If you're ready to go steady We can fall in love I'm tired of dating The boy who's so unkind I'm tired of waiting For you to make up your mind You're roaming Oh, can't you see Everybody wants a loving baby And you're the one for me Cause I gotta know Which way the wind blows If you're ready to go steady We can fall in love Cause I gotta know Which way the wind
That's a bit of a stomper, isn't it? That's uh, the Trogs uh, doing Feels Like a Woman, a, a later single by them from 1972. It came on Pie Records. And uh, yeah, a, a great single, but it didn't bother the charts uh, because I think they'd gone all glam rock by 72 and that was still a bit kind of a bit psyche, I suppose. And uh, the Trogs, I, I love the Trogs. I think they were great. I remember uh, having an interview with... Uh, I interviewed Reg Presley, the lead singer of the Trogs, who also did most of the writing and songwriting, and uh, he was he was great. We went to his hometown, which was, um, was it Andover in Hampshire, and he's got a rural. He, well, he had. He's not alive anymore, but he had a really kind of country accent. So we talked like that. All right, mate. Yeah, I've been doing that. You know, so he talked like that, and he was uh, he was great. He was very entertaining, and he he was saying that when they did their first hit which was wild thing he'd done a couple of singles but he said i was still working as a builder he said i was still he said i was up he said i was up on a scaffolding painting a gable end he said painting his inimitable i won't keep talking in an andover accent oh painting a gable end mate uh, i was up on a, a scaffolding painting a gable end he said and there was a roofer with a transistor radio and it played wild thing that had just come out which was him and he the guy didn't realise it was him. And he, he turned to, to Reg Presley and he said to him, "If this is what Reg told me, he said, he looked at me, he said, if that ain't a hit, I'll eat my brush. <laughs> so he said, and it was a hit. He said, so he said, when that happened, he kind of went down, handed his notice in and became a full-time entertainer. But his real name was Reg Ball. And he said that his manager changed it to Reg Presley without telling him. And he found out he was looking in the paper and it said, oh, the Trogs were lead singer Reg Presley. And he thought, Reg Presley? But I, I'm Reg Ball. What's he talking about? But um, apparently he thought that Presley was more rock and roll than Ball, which I suppose it is, really, with the Elvis connections. Of course, why am I explaining that to you? you I think you could have figured it out for yourself. He was great. He was, uh, he was also very... He made a lot of money because Love Is All Around, one of uh, the Trog's hits written by uh, Reg Presley, became a... Massive hit for Wet 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 in the uh, 90s and was a kind of film soundtrack and he earned a fortune out of it. And he put a lot of that into investigating crop circles, which uh, he was uh, telling us all about, all year crop circles. And he, he had a theory about what crop circles were, which I kind of remember. And I'm thinking, mm, I'm not sure about that. But he said, uh, well, he said, I, I reckon I know what crop circles are. And we said, oh, what's that? He said, well... He said, you know the core of the earth is made out of gold. 
And I thought, is it? Is the core of the earth gold? I'd, I'd never heard that. But I, because I'm trying to be polite, I kind of went, oh, really? I go, yeah, okay. He said, well, it's lightning striking Australia. And then it, gold is a really good conductor. And it's taking electricity through the earth. And it's coming out like a kind of echo on in fields in Britain, making crop circles where there's a strike kind of in the polar opposite part of the world which would be Australia would be the direct antipodes and that's what a crop circle is according to Reg and I kind of thought oh interesting theory you know thinking what are you talking about but there again you know I'm just an old cynic aren't I you might have been right who knows uh before that we had Louise Corday doing which way the wind blows a single on Decca and ah, I like that I really do like that um so now we're going to go Ooh, change the tone a bit and we go to New York and uh, have a bit of suicide uh, which is uh, yeah you know Martin uh, Rev and Alan Vega they started as a three piece early 70s and went down to a two piece using kind of like primitive synths and stuff and um, I think it's said that they were the first uh, first kind of people to call the kind of New York scene music in the early 70s they were calling themselves a punk band so it's saying that they kind of coined that phrase whether or not that's true because I always thought that was a garage bands were called punk bands but I, I don't know but that's what it says anyhow this is a track off their very first album which was just called Suicide came out on Red Star Records in 1977 and the track in question is Ghost Rider so this is Suicide <laughs> Strider, motorcycle hero He's a looking so cute Sneaking round, round, round in a blue jumpsuit Strider, motorcycle hero He's a blazing away Like the stars, stars, stars in the universe Ghost rider, motorcycle hero He's a screaming the truth America, America is killing its youth He's screaming away America, America is killing its youth America, America is killing its youth Right. 
a nice little single by a band called Ten Feet. I, I'm guessing there were five of them. I might be wrong. Uh, it's called Factory Worker. came out on RCA Records in 1966. And Ten Feet were from uh, Bridge End in South Wales. And I think that's the only single they ever made. But it's quite a nice little single, that. I'm, yeah, I'm quite, quite fond of that one. Well, I'm very fond of it. You know, I'm sounding like I'm not enthusiastic, but I'm, I'm very enthusiastic or I wouldn't be doing all this kind of stuff, would I? Uh, before that, we had uh, Suicide doing Ghost Rider from their first album, which came out on Red Star in 77. And uh, what are we going to do for you now? Are we going to go and uh, do a bit of soulful stuff? Uh, this is uh, a single by Gloria Jones, uh, and it was... You know, it's her biggest song, but I picked up a copy of it. Not the an original one, I'm sad to say, which which are very hard to get. Uh, this is a, 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 on the same label, on Champion Records. Uh, this is a reissue that came out in 73. But, I mean, you wouldn't know that because it's the same as the original that came out in 65. It's just, I'm just owning up that I don't have an original copy of it. Um, I, my extensive record collection hasn't stretched to get in that. So I've got to make do with a uh, 1973 reissue. Uh, so anyhow, this is uh, from Cincinnati, your very own uh, Gloria Jones and Tainted Love. So enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> 
what a great single that is River to Another Day by Love Sculpture and Love Sculpture another Welsh band they came from uh, where did they come from I think it's kind of around Cardiff way um, I'm just checking that out I should know this shouldn't I uh, where did they come from? Where did Love Sculpture come from? Yeah, Cardiff. And uh, they featured uh, Dave Edmonds uh, on guitar, who, who ended up playing with loads and loads of people like George Harrison and people like that, uh, and had his own studios and stuff. And uh, Love Sculpture did a couple of albums. That was their debut single. And uh, they went on to make two albums, had a couple of hits. And yeah, he's had a very successful career, Dave Edmonds. Uh, and I remember seeing him around that time. They played at the Marquee, just a three-piece band, and he was a phenomenally good guitarist. Uh, but then later on, by the 70s, he'd kind of stopped doing fancy guitar. You know, I think it was, he was kind of feeling it was like maybe a little bit out of fashion doing, you know, frantic guitar solos. And he kind of went kind of more rock and roll and kind of garage kind of pub rock stuff. And uh, I never really understood that. It's a bit like Steve Miller, you know, which I moaned about before that, you know, in the 60s, he was like, very Clapton-esque kind of lead guitar. And then by the kind of 70s, 80s, he'd kind of really toned it down and not wasn't really doing that kind of guitar anymore, which is always a shame, I thought, because I, I really liked it. But anyhow, that's uh, Love Sculpture and River to Another Day, a single on Parlophone from 1968. And uh, what have we got for you now? I'm just trying to think. I'm uh, oh, Let me think. What Oh yeah, I know. It's, this is a, a jug band from Manchester, uh, and they were they had a they were just called something like the Continental Jug Band or something. But they uh, in the mid sixties they changed their name to be more kind of trendy and uh, renamed themselves the Purple Gang, uh, which was I think a bunch of bootleggers in uh, the Prohibition era in America. You know, like a kind of illegal gang of bootleggers. Uh, they so they took that name and then they all dressed in kind of gangster outfits. Uh, and they did this single in 1967 that was called uh, Granny Takes a Trip. And uh, they were, you know, I think they, the idea was they were going to be the English uh, loving spoonful, you know, kind of folky kind of pop. And uh, it never really happened for them because the BBC in its infinite wisdom banned Granny Takes a Trip because it had the word trip in it, which they thought was, you know, oh dear, you know, a bit naughty, psychedelic and drug related. But it's, if you listen to the lyrics, it's about an old lady going to Hollywood to be a, a film star. So, you know, it's not really anything to do with drugs. But there was a kind of groovy boutique in London called Granny Takes a Trip, I think, after the title of the song. Uh, this came out on Transatlantic's Big T imprint uh, in 1967, and it was a hit in various countries, but it never really uh, became the big smasheroo they thought it was going to be, and the Purple Gang kind of folded after not too long, one album, a few singles, but reformed not that long ago to have another go, which I feel would be doomed. But anyhow, you know, a great single. This is, uh, you know, everyone liked them. It was a lot. They were a band who were going to make it and never did. This is uh, the Purple Gang and Granny Takes a Trip. Well, they... 
Ah, oh, there you go. A kind of double little visit to Wagman Corner there. Uh, that was uh, Brewer and Shipley doing uh, Keeper of the Keys, and that's uh, Mike Brewer and Tom Shipley, and they were from uh, Canvas City, or Kansas City, not Canvas City. <laughs> that's a tent. Uh, it, Kansas City, and... Uh, yeah, that's uh, off their first ever album, which was called Down in L.A. And I think that is a really great album, you know, kind of nice folk rock kind of album. And uh, subsequent albums, I, I wasn't really familiar with them off, but I got that and I thought, oh, I'll have to check them out. And I checked out their next bunch of albums and thought, nah, don't really like them. But I thought the first album, well, I still think it's great, great album. They're both still alive. And... Uh, I, I don't know whether they're still making music or not, but that was covered on H.P. Lovecraft 2, uh, which is an album I really love, and H.P. Lovecraft did a very respectful and nice cover of that. Um, so before that, we had the Purple Gang doing Granny Takes a Trip, and I suppose, really, that they were two kind of folky, poppy things that I can uh, happily put into Wagman Corner for my my fellow DJ, uh, Bill Wagman, who likes that kind of thing. Uh, he probably knows them both. Uh, if not, hooray. Uh, and now we're going to go back to the UK, although it's an American singer. This is P.P. Arnold, who was part of, uh, she was an Iket for a year, uh, came to England uh, and met up with the Stones at uh, the Albert Hall and made friends with Mick Jagger. When I say made friends, I probably mean it. And, uh, Mick Jagger kind of said she should have a career in Britain as a singer and uh, she got signed by Andrew Lou Goldham's label, hence the Stones connection, and uh, became an English singer on Immediate and uh, then uh, the Small Faces who were also on Immediate uh, kind of got involved and although she'd had uh, initially had the Nice as her backing group, uh, she uh, ended up... Uh, being a solo kind of artist, but the Small Faces wrote some of her stuff and played behind her, and she went on tour with them as well. And uh, this is a single on Immediate from 1968 called If You Think You're Groovy, written by Steve Marriott and Ronnie Lane of the Small Faces, and they are, in fact, backing her as well. So this is uh, a lovely single. So P.P. Arnold and If You Think You're Groovy... Have 
you think you're groovy a single from 1968 on uh, immediate records and uh, it's time for me to go now so uh, I'm going to wind up with uh, a little single by Cliff well it's not a single it's off his first album it's Cliff Richard and the Shadows doing Don't Bug Me Baby and their first album was recorded in front of a studio audience so lots of screaming this is Cliff and the Shadows uh, doing Don't Bug Me Baby from the LP Cliff, which came out on Columbia in 1959. And I will see you next week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. See you next week. Here's Cliff with Screaming Fans.
I should just mention that the Shadows were called the Drifters at this time. Uh, they had to change their name because they got sued by the Drifters in America. See you next week. <laughs>